Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome back in. It is the Lombardi Line, our number two, presented by BetMGM from our South Point Sportsbook Studio. Great to be alongside Mike Pritchard on the desk, our host of Betting Across America. You see that every single weekday, 3 to 4 p.m. on the East Coast. I'm Ben Wilson with Matt Santos, our producer behind the glass. Uh, really fun hour one of the show, talking some NFL, little maybe conference realignment in college football, baseball as well. We'll talk more of the baseball because we have a full day slate today as well as a full night slate as well. We'll talk to Lufa Nakaro as well a little bit later this hour on his NFL offseason, uh, his thought process behind his handicapping as well as a UFC fight night card this weekend. I'll also get into some Pac-12 college football win totals because we're only like a month and a half out. Mm-hmm. College football. It's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. One game in baseball just about to get underway. This one here in roughly 10 minutes. Shane Bieber, Michael Pineda. It's Guardians. It's Tigers in Detroit. Seeing right now at BetMGM, Bieber and the Guardians, a $1.65 favorite total there of 7.5. We have some really good pitching matchups, though, today, Pritch. A couple games we'll circle back to that start here. Uh, there are basically three early day cards, but it is an Otani day today. Shohei and the Angels after falling to the current NL Cy Young favorite, Sandy Alcantara, last night. Otani's down to about tw- uh, 11, 12 to 1 or so in the AL Cy Young market. Really solid season for Otani, and he is a favorite on the road today against the disappointing Taylor Rogers, who has uh, had a, a tough go of it. The lefty has not been able to duplicate his success from last year. Uh, Otani and the Angels seeing $1.46 at South Point, $1.65 now at BetMGM. They've taken a lot of money here just uh, overnight into the early morning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at his stats right now, too, talking about Otani. Uh, he's over 100 strikeouts, uh, 17 walks. That's it. I, I mean, uh, if you factor out uh, per nine inning average, he's at 12 and a half strikeouts. I mean, come on. The guy is insane. Nuts. You see why the numbers are are moving in that way. And it's no tiny day, so you're going to see him DH too. And it's going to be incredible uh, there against the Marlins, you know. And uh, he didn't have a great time at the, uh, at the plate uh, yesterday. Um, I think he had a walk, and that was about it. But, uh, you know, when he's on the mound, he's just special, right? And uh, I wonder if teams are in awe about that as you're facing this guy, yeah. right? Uh, knowing how great a player he is. But the, the Marlins, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they do have uh, some momentum, uh, you know, on their side there too. So, I mean, my lean is Miami. Um, it's, it's at a decent number. It's plus 136. The only reason why the Angels cannot support, you know, trout, slumps, yeah. or injuries. And then, you know, Otani, he's, he's, he's so brilliant on a bump, but, but you don't get that run support right there. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't lay it. Uh, with the Angels, even with Otani uh, against the Marlins. You're paying a tax as well to do that. And we have this perception of Miami as a team. Oh, great pitching at the top end. They, Mm -hmm. They don't really hit. Uh, Miami is seventh this season in WRC plus against righties, 109 WRC plus, and they like they avoid a lot of strikeouts. They're certainly in the the top half of the league as far as a uh, fewest strikeout percentage against righties. So it's it's not like you uh, you expect Shohei to just absolutely mow down this lineup, yeah. you know, without without anything being said. Yeah, and you wonder too for Trevor. Uh, I think I said Tyler Rogers earlier. His, his bro is in uh, San Diego mm-hmm. for Trevor Rogers, who was pretty. I mean, sub three ERA last year. 
it's for me, it's the command. It's why, like, it's it's one of those things where I don't want, yeah, I don't want a part of this either way, side total, because Rodgers here, even if you think Otani, you know, is able to at least minimize the damage on the Miami bats, Rodgers, he's walking four and a half per nine. It's just nuts. And, Sure, 556 ERA, there are signs of positive regression, but it's like, at what point? I mean, you're 475 fielding independent pitching, which says, even though he should be doing better than he is currently, mm-hmm. that that better frame is really not that much better. It's still well below league average. So it's not like I can really trust him. Right. I can't trust him, and I can't trust the Angel bullpen or their lineup to be consistent either. And that's, for me, it's a pretty easy no play. Okay, yeah, no play right there. I mean, Rodgers, you can appreciate the fact that from the standard standpoint, and I'm speaking as a former player, right. uh, it's set, right? And, okay, now you're going to be challenged against Otani. And, and you'll, you what you did last year as a rookie – uh, and running for Rookie of the Year for majority of the season that way. So uh, can you have that type of performance come back in this game, right? And so riding the momentum as well, too. And so low-scoring game, seven is the total. It's juiced up to yeah. the under minus 115. Well, juiced to the under. Yeah. It, it is indeed. Uh, speaking of pitching, it's a big day in Boston because mm-hmm. Brian Bello, top prospect for the Red Sox, he is getting the call up. He will make his Major League debut tonight. At home at Fenway against Corey Kluber and the Rays, uh, who were able to bounce back yesterday. Rays score four, uh, score eight runs after the uh, the Red Sox had taken a lead there early in that game. Eight four Rays last night. They've split the first two games of a three game set. Fascinating to see uh, these two uh, these two teams so close to each other in so many categories, Mike. And I know you're interested uh, in. It's fascinating how a, a guy like Bello making his big league debut yeah. and he is favored at home tonight, actually up to a dollar thirty now at BetMGM. I like the spot for Bello. To be honest with you, it tells you the confidence level of Boston right now too. One of the better offenses uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, they're at home, 21-17 at home, uh, averaging almost five runs per game. You can go to 4.7 if you want, uh, and a respectable. Uh, plus 59 run differential. I mean, think about who has skewed it, though. Like the Yankees, the Dodgers, those type of teams have skewed the run differential. But you think about the Red Sox at plus 59 right now, uh, that's good. I mean, nine's a total, it's juiced to the over. Uh, you worry about um, the youngster or, or a prospect like this being in this spot, uh, but then Tampa, they don't score either, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 22nd in Major League Baseball when it comes to run production. And um, I, I think that bowls well for a young player like Bello, uh, at least when you get some run support, too. So I think you're going to see a confident pitcher. If he doesn't work out, they'll pull him, right? Uh, and then try to scrape, scrape out a win that way. But uh, I, I think from a run line work that I've done with Boston, too, on the season, Ben, 56% ATS. Uh, if you factor in just the division, uh, 54% versus their division, that's the run line. Uh, so I, I, mean, I think uh, I'm going to believe in the offense with the Red Sox. Uh, it's minus 120 right there with the youngster on the bump. Minus 120. And it, this is a guy, too, where, I mean, a AAA this year, 281 ERA with a near 13 strikeout yeah. per nine ratio. Every single season, the last uh, last two years in his full minor league splits, it's been 11 to 12 strikeouts per nine. So the guy misses bats. We'll see how he does tonight. There is, there, I just looked. There is no strikeout prop for Bello tonight. Okay. Uh, that is at least available. But there is something to be said for when these guys come up and there's not a, as much tape at the big league level. It, it takes opposing hitters and lineups a little bit, of, a little bit of time to adjust. So it, it, it does, right? And, and we've then seen it, that time and again. And if you're not producing, like the Rays are not producing offensively, okay. Well, how long is it going to take uh, to get? Are they going to be ultra aggressive at the plate, at the dish uh, against Bello? Maybe so. Try to rock him and see if you can get into the pin. Um, but. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it could be a conservative approach for Tampa in this one, just for the unfamiliarity standpoint uh, and what Bello can bring to the table there for the Red Sox. Meanwhile, really good pitching matchup in Atlanta. Miles Michaelis mm. for the Cardinals, Max Fried and the Braves. It was all Atlanta last night, eight and a half total. Seeing the Braves now as high as a dollar seventy-five favorite there at BetMGM. We just had the discussion on Max Fried. Uh, Mike is maybe a dark horse NL Cy Young candidate, down to eleven to one at BetMGM, putting up insane numbers. It is it is tempting to tempting to look at a run line spot here where you're getting plus one. I'm seeing plus one twenty four okay. as high as you can get it on the, on the Braves right now. When you consider uh, the, Car- the Cardinals not playing solid baseball whatsoever, four and six in the last ten, offense has has uh, has left a lot to be desired. And there's a lot of regression. It appears as though coming for Miles Michaelis, who's expected. Fielding independent pitching is well over a run higher than his uh, on the surface sparkling ERA of 261. Part, light, largely because he's got a pretty low batting average on balls in play. 243 for Miles Michaelis doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys. He's, he's not, you know, not not somebody who misses a lot of bats. 
we've seen the Braves, they run hot and cold and the bats yeah. are running very, very hot right now. They put up a five spot in the first, first inning last night. It's, it's one I, I'd be tempted to look at. I'm also tempted just to look at a freed strikeout prop. You can get plus money on over five and a half tonight. And we know the Cardinals are very much a three outcomes type of lineup where it is swing for the fences, walk <laughs> or strike out. And I would imagine, uh, I would think freed could easily get to that tonight. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, you're looking at what he has done against this lineup too. And, you know, you factor that in against Arenado and uh, Goldsmith and, you know, the key players right there for the Cardinals and, uh, freed at home, uh, a prop situation looks attractive for sure. Uh, he is dealing, though. Uh, I mean, and, and so uh, when you have a pitcher like this playing that well, uh, and, and, you know, you would think the Cardinals, from those names that I mentioned, they are a strong lineup, right? But not against this guy. I mean, it's, I, it's minus 165. See, Braves are in my portfolio, too. So this is the one uh, that I'm thinking heavily about playing and betting. Uh, ben, the over minus 120 here, eight and a half is the total, but you mentioned uh, about the Braves and their bats. Uh, I like that matchup against Michaelis on, on the bump for the Yeah, Cardinals. and let's also, I mean, uh, you know, let's also consider, too, that St. Louis, in general, they have matched lefties all season. Yeah. And so, of course, this is, you know, you take all this stuff with a grain of salt. Right. You, you kind of, you mix and match all your different handicapping strategies here. But look, second in WRC plus against lefties this year. So if you are of the belief, and I certainly am, that Michaelis, there are signs of regression. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's certainly a total I could, uh, I, you know, and maybe you, you play it in-game if you see Freed uh, get, you know, get off to a good start. See that number lower. You, you kind of wait to you, you imagine the bullpen will eventually be a factor there. Uh, that that could be one to uh, to play as well. And also they have had to Atlanta's had to change some things in the bullpen now with uh, Kenley Jansen yeah. on the IL. Uh, so it has been a kind of a using Will Smith the lefty at times AJ Minter the righty as well. So it's been a little bit of a yeah, bit of a mix and match to play there for Brian Snicker uh, in Atlanta. Real quick, a couple of games coming up here right at the uh, the top of our next hour. One that's interesting, Guardi- uh, sorry, Guardians, I, they just started here. Mm-hmm. Twins and White Sox. Joe Ryan, the rookie, has been very impressive against Lance Lynn. Just seems like the White Sox can't get anything right, Mike. And they are they are $1.20 favorites here today. But, uh, yeah, the struggles keep continuing there on the south side. I tell you what, if anybody needs to kick in the rear end, it's the White Sox, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've been underachieving all year, and my finger is pointing directly at the manager. Uh, I mean, you can't excuse away poor base running that gets them in trouble. You cannot excuse away uh, the lack of, uh, of energy, confidence. I mean, I know people have gravitated towards the injury situation for the White Sox, but I, I think that only goes so far. At some point, you have to correct yourselves. Uh, and the White Sox have been unable to do that so far. They're minus 110, primarily because of who's on, on, on the bump right now. But I like the Twins and the Moxie that they're producing at this point. I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's not like Lance Lynn has been that crisp since right. his return from injury. This will be just his fifth start, 450 ERA so far, uh, at least to this point. Velocity been pretty well down as well. All right, we're going to go back to football talks and pack 12 win totals next on Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted on specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As we're back on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM with Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. We are locked in. Rafael Nadal, Taylor Fritz, uh, Pritch. It's, it's been a fascinating match. Nadal serving for the fourth setup, 6-5, but he's down two sets to one. So it looks like we're going 5 and Nadal right now, minus 130 favorite I'm seeing live after he was about a 250 favorite right. uh, go, going off here. So this looks like we're going to have an epic. They're already over the total of 38 and a half games. So, man, what a what a fun match this has been. You identified in price for Nadal that was that plus situation, plus you, 140, I think you said? Or? Yeah, I mean, he got his high. He was, they were on serve. He was plus mm-hmm. 300. Right. Look, tennis in-game betting is so fun because okay. it just goes all over the place. So right. if you can identify a dog you like pre, a pre-match, and all it takes is one break of serve, and the mm-hmm. odds can totally flip. Uh, it happens so often in women's tennis, best of three. Same, but the same thing applies in men's tennis, best of five. You just have to be disciplined and patient, and not just you know take stabs on dogs just because you think it'll right. be close. Like you got to have a lot of conviction that, that it's a match that you feel like is more of a coin flip. But there's a lot of matches you can end up with 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 both players at two to one or greater prices. That happens all the time. You, I mean, you got to be watching. Sure. And if you but if you do that, you can you well, can find some success. Like you said, though, if you anticipate just going five sets, I mean, if you can get into a plus situation with Nadal, that's that's when you try yeah. to anticipate that. Because looking at Fritz right now, that guy is frustrated. And from a championship standpoint, like how many um, battles has he been in t- on this level uh, going into the fifth set? Not, not, not many compared okay. to a 22-time Grand Slam right. champion. It, it, the, it is the greatest mental test in tennis trying to play yeah. Rafael uh, Nadal, uh, and he has now three set points. So it looks like we are going five. Nadal going to be minus 185 uh, going to the fifth set Fritz plus uh, 135. I'll have one Wimbledon play for tomorrow. I'll give that a little bit later uh, in the show, Pritch, because we don't want don't to take any more time away from Pac-12 college football win totals. Uh, it is amidst all of the chaos off the field. At the same time, and we led the show talking about this, not going to have an immediate impact on the betting market this year. It is still going to be the same Pac-12 as we know it, even though USC and UCLA will eventually be leaving for the Big Ten. Uh, really, the story, though, this year is how quickly and how, how much of a bounce back do we expect out of USC, a team who is among the top five favorites to win it all this year, a team who is favored to win the Pac-12. Highest win total on the board. We'll take a look at these in a second at nine and a half. Heavy juice to the over with an entirely new regime coming in, led by Lincoln Riley, the head coach, and Caleb Williams, the quarterback, each from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It, it's a team that has, I mean, it's almost like you could just every single year, Pritch, pencil in. If USC was was favored in anything or if they had juice on the over win total, you could just bet against them blindly because under Clay Helton, they were among the biggest underachieving frauds year in, year out in the Pac-12. Does that change, especially right away in year one, and now that they bring in Lincoln Riley and so many other big pieces? Well, I think it does when you bring in Lincoln Riley as well as Caleb. Like, if he was yeah. breaking in a new quarterback, that would be different. But he's got familiarity with Caleb, and, okay, they come over together. You, you, you have that continuity aspect. I mean, so much about college football is do you have better players than the other team? Uh, and if you do, 
uh, you certainly have uh, better chances of winning those games. And, okay, we look at from a betting standpoint, too, covering the spread. But we're talking win totals here, nine and a half. Uh, when I look at their schedule, too, uh, Ben, uh, how much work did the, the, the USC Trojans get in? When you think about spring ball, they bring in a uh, Blitnikoff Award winner, too. I mean, it's like free agency. They won the offseason uh, with continuity, with a, with a new coach, with a style of play that these kids are going to love. Now, the only question is you have defensively, can SC hold up uh, defensively against the schedule? Uh, firepower is going to be there for them offensively all year, I believe. But defensively, if you want to bet the over, which is juiced up minus 140 over nine and a half wins. I mean, you look at their schedule, you know, Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. They're going to be undefeated through that schedule so and, far. And they're right? very fortunate, too, in that uh, most of their road games are against the weaker Pac-12 mm-hmm. competition where you get Stanford on the road, Oregon State on the road, and then Arizona State, Wazoo, both at home. So, right. I mean, the path to 6-0 and feels, not, not to say inevitable, but it feels very, very likely. It's really at Utah, October at Utah. 15th. That's a big test. And then, so essentially, this is a bet on do, in a 12-game regular season. Does USC go 10 and two? Mm-hmm. And it's like at between at UCLA and at and at home against Notre Dame, those are kind of the two where you know you, you certainly you, you would certainly feel like those would be like more closely lined. But yeah. I mean, at Arizona, you're going to be a major favorite. Home Cal, home Colorado. Uh, apologies to your buffs. You're going to be <laughs> okay. massive favorites there. It, I mean, 10 and two kind of feels like a kind of like a, bar- a, a just a base level for them, right? It's just, are you, are you willing to put that trust in right away, year one of that system? That's, I would. That's the question. I would because of the continuity aspect of it. I mean, if you have the level of free agency that we've had in college football and you bring over the likes uh, of this quarterback, Caleb Williams, uh, the likes of uh, Addison, uh, who was the best wide receiver in college football, to this offense, to this to this coaching staff, I mean, it's incredible. It really is an incredible mix. Uh, I was actually exploring some odds for them from a national championship standpoint mm. because you think about 6-0 and at that point, we're going to start getting rankings and getting closer and closer to the committee rankings. Uh, and if they go through the schedule and they're undefeated, I mean, Notre Dame, that game sets up to be a big game at the end certainly, of the year too, right? Certainly could, yeah. But outside of uh, Utah, I'm trying to think of where else. Now, again, you got to factor in injuries too. Uh, it's not going to be UCLA. I, I'm not buying into UCLA. Not buying it. Okay. Um, it's not going to be Arizona. I'm just trying to see. Okay, where are they going to stub their toe uh, as as a school, as a squad this year uh, before that big game against Notre Dame at the end of the year? And I'm looking too a little further down here because there are, uh, as we've discussed, it, you know, the Pac-12, the, the at the bottom of that conference, it mm-hmm. has been really, really weak traditionally, and a team that that I immediately gravitate towards is Stanford right. looking at the under at four and a half. Okay. Where, and it, th- let's keep in mind too, so much of this is, and there are, you have to make sure you look at the right markets because there are markets for overall win totals. There are markets for conference win totals. Stanford's non-con, they, their three non-con are at Notre Dame, home BYU. Mm-hmm. They'll be, they'll be dogs in both of those and then home Colgate. So that's basically the only freebie on their schedule. It is a, it's a really tough schedule for them. And it's a team that uh, coming off their worst record since 2006 under, under David Shaw, three and nine last year. But I mean, it doesn't seem like they've really tried to do anything different. The recruiting is not very high. They have a really good quarterback, Jack McKee, but yeah. outside of him, the weapons just have not been there. And McKee only threw like four touchdowns over the, the second half of the year a season ago. It, 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 I get kind of the, remember the Trent Edwards years with sure. Stanford. It kind of gives me Trent Edwards vibes where he was, you know, NFL prototypical quarterback, but I think what he went, he won one game his mm-hmm. last year as a starter, Trent Edwards before being drafted by the bills. I kind of feel the same way about Stanford this year. I, I just, there's nothing that shows me there will be enough of an improvement. And you're going, you're asking them to win two more games this year, right? In a non-con where you figure they go one and two, it just, and it's especially as well. I mean, you know, you have like a lot of the, the games against the, maybe the lighter competition mm-hmm. is still going. I mean, at Cal at uh, UCLA, it's going to be on the road here. So I just don't see it with Notre Dame. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. With, with Stanford, uh, with Stanford yeah, I mean, having to play Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, the, the history of Stanford too, uh, Ben, I mean, you think about uh, who they used to recruit, go to Christian McCaffrey, you know, go to Dalton Schultz, who's playing for the Cowboys tight end standpoint. But uh, developing players has been something that Shaw wants to do and that staff has done. But uh, in today's college football, you have to hit the transfer portal. And 
uh, not a lot of kids can get into Stanford and transfer to Stanford, right? And so uh, that handcuffs them a little bit unless they're recruiting guys and developing uh, within their system. Uh, yeah, Stanford's going to be behind the eight ball uh, against a lot of teams this year. The under minus 135, four and a half that total there. We have to do it. We have to mention Colorado. I know. I know. Three. All right. Three and a half there. And it's a tough non-con too, because it's, yeah. it's home TCU at Air Force mm-hmm. at Minnesota. That is uh, that is not that is not an easy schedule to start off. It used to be. Uh, yeah, it used to <laughs> back in the day. Uh, and then look, it's I mean, like win, at Arizona, certainly variable winnable, winnable game at Oregon State, home Arizona State. The rest, uh, home Cal, home UCLA, home Oregon, at USC, at Washington, home Utah to close the season. Can the Buffs get to four? Oh, I, I wish. I mean, they're my team. They're my school. I know a lot about them. I, I just, I, they've been decimated by the portal. Uh, yeah. And I think from a psyche standpoint, there is no confidence at all right now in the program. Uh, Durrell, Carl Durrell, he's got to prove himself, uh, you know, outside of COVID, uh, being able to compete in the Pac-12. And, you know, a lot of people are down on that situation. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. They got a transfer quarterback from Tennessee who was hurt last year. Uh, we'll see if he proves himself. But I, it's just there's just no excitement for the bus right now uh, at this point. But I cannot bet them to go over as much as and, and as enticing that it is. It is. Uh, I mean, three and a half games. You would think they can get to four wins, but I, I can't see it right now. And especially too. I mean, you could easily see if you start zero and three, which yeah. is very, I mean, very much a possibility. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting because that home opener, the season opener, is against Sonny Dykes, making his debut as TCU coach. So that's yeah. kind of an interesting angle there. But I mean, a tough place to play at Air Force, a team that has been we lost very, the Air Force at home I mean, a few years and, ago. And, uh, they've been very solid too for a few years in yeah. the Mountain West. Tough place to play at Minnesota, even with some of their off the field issues going on in that program. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It is. Better days are ahead, Rich. <laughs> Hopefully. Eventually. eventually. Maybe not this year, but eventually there are. We're going to talk to Lou Vitticaro up next, talk a little NFL offseason topics and his UFC fight night handicapping for this week. That's next on Lombardi Line. VSIN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke on Major League Baseball, Lou Finnecaro on UFC, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf and NASCAR as well. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features the daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at vsin.com slash summer we welcome Lou Finnecaro to the shows we're back on the Lombardi line with Mike Pritchard I'm Ben Wilson presented by BetMGM a fun show so far and we've got a half hour left we will talk some UFC there's a fight night card this week after an electric a big big uh, card from UFC last week here in Las Vegas Lou uh, as we welcome you and I, I hear though what you were you betting on the 4th of July stuff were you were you looking to fade the public on hot dogs is that are the, are the rumors true Lou well, first of all, uh, Ben, I appreciate you and Mike having me on. Uh, it's a slice of Americana betting <laughs> the hot dog contest each year. Each year, I I take the under, and for a couple of years, I took it on the chin. This year, uh, I hit the finish line uh, in glorious position, nice. and now we'll wait till next year. Uh, where I'll take the under again, no matter what the number. I'm yeah. not, so my, Pritch and I are now both naturally wondering, were you the guy in the, the <laughs> protester <laughs> that you caused Joey Chestnut to, <laughs> to lose his mind for 45 seconds? I don't know. I was like, that doesn't look like Lou. Yeah. If you want the under to cash, Lou. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you this. Joey ain't putting me in no rear naked joke. I can tell you that <laughs> right, right now. It's very good. He just needed a distraction, though, to get the under yeah. to come through. That I don't, know that he, I don't well, think he would have got 63, it anyway. he wasn't yeah. getting there. Right, the, right. the ankle, everything was ankle, wrong. This was... This is a perfect setup to get everybody the gyroscope reset for next year. Of course. Deep handicapping. Right there from, <laughs> That's right. From one, uh, from one Lou Fittigar. We want to talk as well before we get UFC, into UFC, Lou, just some general NFL thoughts. Here we are. We've got 65 days until opening night in the National Football League. What is your general just kind of macro level approach for how you're looking to break down these teams and, uh, and your handicapping strategy here as we start to get into, the, into that dog day of the summer months and try to formulate some opinions here on NFL teams you either like or dislike heading into the regular season? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great one. And I know a lot of people are active in NFL right now. I'll give you a different perspective. I am not. I'm starting with each team's schedule 
And sometime in the next 10 days, the Warren Sharp 400-page NFL study will come out. I will absorb that in the month of July. And I can tell you that that study, coupled with these individual sheets with uh, each team's schedule, will give me the basis of my future bets, season total wins, et cetera. As far as investing now, I would never consider investing in NFL in July uh, until August, until my work is done, unless there was a compelling reason for me to find my way to bet an under-season total or a negative for some team. Why would it be negative or under? And that's because I'm not going to bet an over in July and then have Teddy Bridgewater blow a knee like he did for Minnesota seven years ago and rip my ticket up before we get to play one game. Use your brain, please, people. If you're going to bet positives are over and tie your money up that long, for me, the overs are bet when I'm in Vegas the night, the Wednesday night before the season opens. But I'll look at unders right now, and I'll give you two thoughts that I have. First of all, when I like when I look at unders, I like to find a high number and go low. I don't want to work so hard and take an eight and a half and go under because I got 17 games of grind and I grind enough in the NFL. I don't need that. So I want easy, low hanging fruit. And this year to me, it sticks out like blue and yellow. And that's the Rams. Mm. Listen, they're a good team. They're the defending champ. They got a decent division. They're coming back to their schedule. You can look, they have three different back to back road sessions. Most teams have one back-to-back where they go on the road in the whole year. Rams got three. They finished the schedule with uh, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Packers, and the Seahawks. Okay, there's one, the Seahawks game in the last game of the season. So under Rams 10 and a half, serve it to me now and serve it to me warm. And I'm not afraid of the Rams on the alternate under, which DraftKings currently posts Nine and a half plus 185. I'll gobble both of those up right now. Always some wisdom from Gam Lou. Lou, um, you know, for me, you know my story. I uh, couldn't bet uh, as a player and then reluctant to bet even in retirement because of how much the NFL scared me as a player to bet. Uh, but the last two years has been phenomenal for me betting. And uh, like my approach in Major League Baseball right now, I have a portfolio. So I'm considering that type of approach with the National Football League, too, like focusing in on about 10 teams as opposed to focusing in on all 32. So uh, I, I'm really liking that approach, uh, Lou, is helpful for me as well. I mean, uh, any advice or any wisdom uh, that you can give me on that approach right there with the portfolio? Mike, I'm really big on two things. Number one, it takes athletes a long time to learn how to bet their sport. Also, there's a lot of ways to win. And what you're describing to me is basically what I do by the fact of only working UFC, uh, College World Series, NFL, and hockey playoffs. You narrow your focus to increase your expertise. That's exactly what you're describing. And there's a lot of great ways to win at gambling. That's a good way as far as I'm concerned, Mike. Always love the insight from, from Lou Finnecaro. Follow him at Gamblu on the Twitter machine. You see, you hear his Bout Business podcast. You see him on First Strike just about every week, our UFC specialty show with Dave Ross. And we do have, it's not as big of a card as we just saw, Lou, but as you are grinding this out every single week, there are, there are fights to handicap and there is value to be had. So as we look at the fight night card here, main event, it's, uh, it's the lightweight Rafael Dos Anjos. He's a dog. Rafael, and correct me if I'm mispronouncing his name, uh, Fiziev as a play-by-play guy, Lou. I really pride myself on correct uh, pronunciation here. So please, Jump in if I'm screwing any of these up. Uh, what do you think about the main event here this weekend? Again, fight night card with the Dos Anjos, a big name, but certainly a dog. You know, for me, there's 44 or so cards a year in the UFC. They're all big. Uh, this one has some great fights on it, starting with the main event, as you highlight. Rafael against Rafael. Fazeev trains out of Phuket, Thailand. Uh, he's really a striker. But he's a flamboyant, really uh, excellent moving. He's in control of space, has great defense, but he's primarily a fighter we've seen on his feet. He's fought no one, nor has he ever had to vie against the cage or on the ground against his you know, best path to victory. 
Dos Anjos has fought the best in two divisions, not one, 155, where this fight will be held, as well as 170. He's seen them all. He's got great experience. There's nothing Fiziev or Fiziev is going to offer Dos Anjos he hasn't seen, but Dos Anjos is 37, and this is a five-round fight. To me, as I handicap this fight, I think Fiziev, the Kazakhstani fighter, should be a slight favorite, 140, 150, but this plus, this minus 200, minus 220 is, to me, a little obtuse, and for that reason, I like Rafael Dos Anjos based on experience, who he's been in with, the fact that he's still viable. He completely destroyed Renato Moicano in his last fight. I think this is a good spot for a, a, an underdog priced at plus 180, plus 190. You know, looking at the card, Demagomedov, uh, he's minus 275 uh, against uh, Silva uh, DeAndraj, I believe that's how you pronounce his name too. But uh, I'm curious about this style of fight, just doing some preliminary uh, uh, preparation for that fight uh, in the smaller cage too. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time, a UFC event versus uh, a fight. And, you know, you got the smaller cage and uh, you got two opponents like this. I mean, uh, I know it's a sizable favorite there uh, for Saeed, but uh, any chance for Andraj in this one? He got the puncher's chance, Mike, okay. because to me, what I've learned is that world-class wrestling is kryptonite to world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and that's what you got here, a sambo wrestling wet blanket in Nurmagomedov against a guy that needs space to be able to get his strikes off as well. Andrade is a little bit older. He's in his mid-30s by now. As you get into those lower weight classes, that means something. That's not a fight I would target just because uh, how effective the wrestling is against BJJ as well, the hatred between Russians and Brazilians. Mm -hmm. Lou Finnecar, it is always such a pleasure, Lou, to uh, to have you on the show. Can't thank you enough, and I'm sure, you, like you said, every card for you is a big card. I think that's great advice for for the betters out there. Don't just because it's a fight night, don't don't treat it any differently. Uh, so best of luck with the picks. We'll see your full write up a little bit coming out uh, later today in Point Spread Weekly, and we'll catch up with you, I'm sure, very very soon, Lou. Uh, take care as always. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Good luck to Absolutely. everybody. We, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, they are on serve in the fifth set. 3-2 Taylor Fritz over uh, okay. Rafael Nadal. So it's getting good. Uh, when we return, though, there is a, a tweet here from Ian Rappaport five minutes ago. A new quarterback in Carolina. We might have to break this down, Rich. We might have to. We might have to scrap. We might have to scrap my Wimbledon plays, which I was really sad because I wanted to talk about my Wimbledon play for tomorrow. It appears as though Baker Mayfield on the move to Carolina. We will discuss that uh, on the on the way back here. Obviously, significant and seismic changes. We knew that could certainly be a possibility. We'll discuss more in depth on the other side as we get ready to wrap up the show. That is next when we return here on the Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back for the final time on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Uh, Some breaking news for us to discuss with Mike Pritchard, Ben Wilson. It is a, a piece of news we thought might be happening for some time. It's been in the works, but it is now apparently being made official. Just reported about seven minutes ago now by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. It is Baker Mayfield, who is on the move to Carolina. The Panthers acquiring Mayfield in exchange for a 2024 conditional fifth-round draft pick. As Baker Mayfield will now presumably enter into a quarterback battle, if we can call it that, Mike, with (laughs) Sam Darnold uh, and then the rookie Matt Corral there in Carolina. Some contract details as well here. Browns are going to pay Mayfield $10.5 million of his salary this season. So the Browns trim about $8 million in their cash and salary cap space. Panthers going to pay Mayfield $5 million. So he agreed, Baker did, to trim $3.5 million off of his base salary. But in a move, Mike, when you think about the bridges that were burned there in Cleveland, a move that felt like it probably had to happen, but given the other surrounding storylines of Deshaun Watson's impending likely suspension, we weren't sure if it actually would happen, but here it now is, and it's Baker uh, looking for a, a new fresh start to his career as he goes to a struggling offense right. from a season ago in Carolina. Yeah, just from a pay structure, okay, uh Carolina's going to be paying Baker less than they're paying Sam Darnold, who they acquired via trade, too and a fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. So is Sam Darnold the starting quarterback? I would assume so. Baker's going to have to prove himself and prove himself in the locker room that, look, he, he was able to prove himself in the locker room from a consistency standpoint in Cleveland. So now he's going to go to a new locker room and just have training camp to kind of do that, right? So I guess that makes sense from a trade standpoint, although you look at Cleveland's first uh, week one opponent, it is Carolina. That is going to be interesting. <laughs> Same thing for Carolina too, though. I mean, it – you had to move Baker. I get it. The, the bridges were burned and, and blew up or whatever you want to use here. But, um, yeah, you, you have to move on, apparently. Uh, Baker was not going to save today for Cleveland and uh, the developments with Deshaun Watson. So, apparently, you just go ahead and move on. And uh, that's what they did. Now, for Carolina, I don't know if it moves the needle. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in that locker room with a quarterback room that has two franchise quarterbacks in the same draft that were picked in the top five. Number one and number three. (laughs) Right. I mean, there was an argument that year. I was at the Senior Bowl that year, and there was a discussion that, okay, you got Josh Allen. Is he going to go number one? Is Sam Darnold going to go number one overall? Baker goes number one overall because of the Baker factor. I mean, people were interested in Baker from a hype standpoint. Uh, Certainly, he's attractive in terms of uh, marketing standpoint. He did that with Cleveland, Mm -hmm. had a phenomenal rookie year. But if you cannot sustain a locker room from a leadership standpoint, I mean, I don't know how good your value is or how high your value is going to be as a quarterback in the National Football League. Maybe he can rehab that now, but how is he going to do that as a backup? So is this going to empower Sam Darnold? I don't know. 
Sam Donald seems to be shaky with confidence as well. But we're going to have a quarterback competition in Carolina. Matt Rule, good luck with that. That's uh, good luck is like we're, that's kind of the starting point. I, I've heard Matt Sam Darnold has seen ghosts in the past, so that might that yes. might be one of the reasons why he's been somewhat shaky. And a team that had the worst passing offense by Football Outsiders in their DVOA uh, metrics from a season ago. It, it's just funny because you've heard a lot of buzz too this you know this off season about wait could like could Matt Corral even end up being mm. a starter at some point? Now you would and you would presume too where the Panthers go home Browns at Giants not home Saints to to start their year followed by home Cardinals. It's not like an absolute gauntlet there, but you're, you're certainly thinking to say, at least saying here, and that's a team that's 12 to one to win the NFC yeah. South, six to one to even make the playoffs. Their win totals have largely been, uh, been pulled down right now, but they were in the five and a half range, a little juice to the over. You don't think this, this matters at all that you take out, at least by the advanced metrics, the worst quarterback situation period in right. the NFL last year. Even if you consider Mayfield like a league average to slightly below league average guy who was certainly playing hurt as we know all of last season, that's not even that's not even enough for you to tick it up by like say two three wins, which would at least get them in the conversation of maybe a, an outside wild card spot. Yeah, I mean the gauntlet starts with the 49ers, the Rams, and the Buccaneers uh, right in a row right there, uh, and then you know, another gauntlet, if you will, the Bengals and the Ravens and the Broncos. Uh, so I, yeah, they got they have several tough spots of the schedule, and again, you don't have leadership. You you just took away any power that Sam Darnold built up in the offseason now because you bring in Baker, if you're Carolina, right? Uh, and that personality. Uh, and so I, Matt Rule, I mean, he's coaching for his job, but it doesn't look likely he's going to retain it. Uh, you bring in McAdoo, who – when's the last time Ben McAdoo called plays? Get the menu back. <laughs> right. So now you have two franchise quarterbacks in one draft and within the top five with a guy that you dusted off to call plays for – or, or, you know, to help you call plays. And then Matt Rule, uh, as a head coach coming from college, it just doesn't – you talk about piecing stuff together here for Carolina. I, 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 it's going to be interesting to watch Carolina just to see if they can make it work to any level, Not a, let alone, I mean, the win total. The win total is not even in question for me. Uh, you're looking at minus uh, 130, the over right now. Uh, I, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll see. Does that get adjusted at all? Yeah. Again, the, at least for right now, that's just, that has just been pulled off the board, right. at least at, at BetMGM. But and I think the point you make, though, about infrastructure here and franchises as a whole, we can you know say all we want about where you know where is the positional upgrade and how much does that matter, especially when you're talking about the quarterback position in the National Football League. The reality is this is a franchise that under a under this, you know, skyrocketing high head coach who comes from the college ranks, fires his OC mid-year in what was a very bizarre off-the-field situation brings in the guy you just mentioned in, in Ben McAdoo. And there have been the rumblings, too, that, that Matt Rule, he's not going to be long for the NFL either. That This has been kind of a not a failed experiment, but he doesn't like uh, the way that it is so, so anti-recruiting based and so different than the, the college game that he had so much success at. So it kind of sounds like it, it's almost like regardless, I mean, unless you were bringing in just a absolute franchise-changing guy at the quarterback spot, a lot of those issues are probably going to seep into the rest of the locker room. And even if we give Mayfield the benefit of the doubt here and presume, okay, now that the labrum is fully healed back to full health, he's got a great running back weapon in Christian McCaffrey, which just kind of like he had great running back weapons in Cleveland, <laughs> even giving him the benefit of the doubt, you, you, we still don't really presume because of the dysfunction at the very top. Like there's like, there's a very high ceiling here. It just, it just doesn't seem like there is when you consider what rules done to that franchise here over basically uh, two very unsuccessful seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know how they're building this roster, uh, let alone uh, trying to sustain a franchise, right? Uh, you bring in these quarterbacks like this, and uh, you got a head coach that's in, in trouble. Uh, and if he is one eye to college football, God bless him. I mean, those coaches in college football, they're, they're making $10 million a year now. Uh, so if you are Matt Rule, I mean, that could look attractive to you. Uh, McAdoo has head coaching experience, too. So there's, there's your, your, your plan if it doesn't work out with Rule halfway through the year or as you go through that schedule with the 49ers, the Rams, and the Bucks, uh, And maybe they have one win uh, to that point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Carolina Panthers, Baker doesn't move the needle at all in terms of my opinion 
on what the Panthers are trying to do. I don't know what they're trying to do in terms of building a roster uh, and sustaining a roster for for any significant amount of time. Yeah, and the other part of this we're seeing too from Mike uh, Garofalo is that uh, the three and a half million that Mayfield is giving up off his salary, he can make that back up in incentives. So they've okay. essentially structured it that way for Mayfield. And the other part of this as well, it is it is made clear at least for now the Browns, Jacoby Brissett, that they're fine with him being the guy for as long as it ends up being that Deshaun Watson is out. And clearly, you at least have a competent backup now. But Cleveland making their stance pretty pretty clear on this, pretty obviously here with the Brissett decision. Sure, sure. I mean, you have Garoppolo out there too. And, um, you know, you think about the offenses, that's not going to be a big change for from, you know, Kyle Shanahan to Stefanski. Uh, it's the same offense, right? You know, Kyle calls it differently. Uh, but it's a run-oriented offense in San Francisco, same thing in, in Cleveland. If Garoppolo uh, were to emerge uh, out there in Cleveland or, or Brissett, I mean, you, you got New England backups now that could be in that quarterback room in Cleveland. You go from, yes, to a number one and w- number three pick in the same draft in the quarterback room in Carolina <laughs> to two former New England backups right. potentially in the same quarterback room. Uh, yeah, it, it is. that is going to be fascinating. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, we'll, we'll see. I mm. mean, all I know, so – like the fact that it's week one, <laughs> do they just, it's a total like F you thing. Just th- say Mayfield. Hey man, you've been known to hold a grudge or two in right. your time. Do we just throw you out there week one and see what happens? Apparently Darnold had a very good spring and they expect him to be the front runner leading into uh, into training camp. But yeah. And apparently the Browns aren't scared of the fact that Baker's going to Carolina to give them all kind of information either. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm sure they were like weighing the pro sure. con. I don't know that there's yeah. really much there. Anyway, we'll have a lot more on the network on this topic throughout the rest of the day. Baker Mayfield traded again from Cleveland to Carolina in exchange for a conditional 2024 fifth round draft pick. You can hear more Mike Pritchard on the topic as well. Uh, coming up in a little over an hour on betting across America with Josh Applebaum. Uh, next, we send it out to our Circus Sportsbook studio, Amal Shaw, Mike Palm on odds on as we say so long from the Lombardi line here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.